All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of the Freedom Ring. I'm Matt Saludo. This is my wife, Teresa. Uh, we are being joined by uh, special guest, Dr. Dan Stock, medical doctor who practices functional family medicine in Nobles, Indi uh, Noblesville, Indiana, just outside of Indianapolis, and has been in practice for um, more than 20 years. Dr. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. By the way, I have to correct you. It's Fishers, Indiana. The reason everybody thinks Noblesville is Google destroyed my website and won't change my business listing, apparently because they don't want people to find <laughs> All right. Big tech has already uh, ruined this, right? That and the permanent ban on Twitter. I've made it. There you go. <laughs> All right. So it's Fishers, Indiana. Same suburban area of, of Indianapolis. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Yeah. yeah, you can throw a stone from one city into the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Very, we used to live in Fort Wayne, so we used to frequent Indy quite a bit. Um, and you were among the first to contest, as far as I know, to contest the uh, the information that was being shared, or as I like to say, pushed on the masses through the, uh, the mainstream media with regard to the COVID-19 vaccine. And um, you received backlash, and I don't want the interview to stay here. I just want to, the people that are new to you, I want them to know that you came out of the box fighting for the right reason and um, having everyone's best interest at heart when this COVID thing was unleashed on society. You received the backlash from the industry when a video went viral where you were addressing the realities of the shop that were uh, going unchallenged up until that point. Um I'd like to say that a lot of those people have been forced to eat crow. I don't know if they're going to admit it, but I think they know behind closed doors that uh, you were right, they were wrong, and they're probably still a part of an agenda. The, the plate um, is before them. Whether they'll pick up the knives and forks, I don't know. They uh, they seem intent on ignoring the realities and, um, and uh, just being so ignorant of the data that doesn't support the view they want people right and i'll say it i'll say it in the, it's for monetary reasons it's it's for an agenda that is uh so incredibly sinister um and what we became aware of you um when we heard you speak just a few weeks ago at freedom fest eric peters is a prominent figure here in the tri-state uh southeast indiana southwest ohio and northern kentucky he's running for governor of kentucky we saw you on stage, and I was like, "He's one of us." I could have, I could have sat there and listened to you for an hour at least. Yes. <laughs> so we uh, made the contact, and much like we when we had Doctor uh, Sherry Tenpenny on, we wanted to approach this, um, assuming no one knows what we already know to be true already. Bringing because we get new viewers and listeners every single day, and um, some people are still in the dark and thinking what the media is pushing is the gospel and it's truth where it couldn't be farther from the truth. And they have no idea about myocarditis and the, the blood clots. In fact, we have a, a, a friend of the family who uh, my wife, Teresa here was with at a uh, function not too long ago and she received the shots to keep her job and had been told by her doctor that she had uh the, some blood clots and she elaborated on it she had no idea that's a that's like a side effect she has no idea of the pfizer data dump 
She has no. no idea that the information was sealed for 75 years. There's so many people that are still in the dark. So I wanted to start the, the, the interview there. And then before we wrap up, look down the road and further as to what we can do next. Yeah, well, I can tell you, <clears throat> are we starting with a vaccine or just the whole COVID-19 response that began in March of 2020? Because um, it's it started getting... Um, I have to tell you, in March of 2020, when when uh, Dr. Fauci came out and said, uh, okay, mask up, social distance and all this, what went through my heart was, oh, this is the moment that it unfolds. Because I've known for years that our uh, medical uh, health care system was frankly um, horribly under control by a very small number of people. don't know who they were, but I knew they had financial clause in every doctor in the country who was taking third-party payment. And the stuff that started to come out about the social distancing and mask wearing, um, when this had already been studied in another aerosol respiratory RNA virus called influenza back in 2008, and as well done a study could be done, showed that these things had no effect if you just did this in, ge in general population. We could sometimes generate a little bit of benefit if we did it in the ICU or a hospital, but um, even then benefits were, were modest. But when they were done in the community setting, they had all had uh, negative results, either no benefit or harm. Um, certainly no reason to believe that it was possible. The physics of a mask and the physics of these aerosol particles um, uh, just clearly said that, look, they're not going to get filtered out by this mask. They're going out the side of the mask. There's, these, there's no physical reason, no biological reason, no clinical evidence reasons to believe that any of this would matter. And in fact, even that, that six foot distancing they were talking about right. was based upon an aerosol particle, which is a really big thing that comes like, like pneumococcal pneumonia, tuberculosis, when you cough real hard, you know, that thing can go out three to six feet, but it's a big particle. It settles out of the air. Okay. Um, and those things, we, we actually put a mask on the infected person in that setting. We don't mask the other people because it doesn't help them. Um, exactly. But even then, I was that like, was our whole point, too, is if you're not sick, why are you wearing a mask? Well, why are you wearing it? And that had been studied, clearly didn't work. The, the six-foot rule was like, look, what you do is you put a mask on the person who's got symptoms, but that would only matter for a non-aerosol pathogen, for a droplet pathogen. It wouldn't matter in this. Um and as the things begin to double down and, and then the research that I would see presented for supporting mask mandates, um, I can best describe it as juvenile. I, I mean, it, it's so novice that nobody, I'm a sophomore year of undergraduate. If I, I turned that in, I probably would have said, okay, Dan, go redo your work. If I turned it, <laughs> they would have said, Dan, you need to take up accounting. Um, well, is it bad a science? Isn't that oh. just make your head explode when you see the people saying the same about what you're saying, uh, our side of the argument, and you know it's not, it's just not accurate. It's, it's not even common sense. You know, I, I, we, me, McCulloch, Malone, uh, Richard Urso, mm -hmm. Ryan Cole, uh, Flavio Cattagliani, we've all tried to get any of these people to come to a debate. They won't show up. They, they never show up. They will not come. And we tell them, you know, look, hand me my intellectual hiney if you want to. But after a while, when they won't come to the debate, what you get the feeling is you can't be this stupid for free. Um, 
Right. Right. That, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yes. Good point. You either have a brain tumor bigger than a basketball or somebody is exerting some kind of influence on you to make you ignore the entire other part of this argument that says you're wrong. Because if you truly believe in your heart that you're right, you are going to defend what it is you're preaching. And they right. won't do that, which you have, people have, you know, the, everyone has somewhat, well, I say everyone, but they don't, has to have some kind of common sense to say, well, if they won't come to the table to have a conversation, hmm, maybe I should wonder if they're wrong. They might you know, be wrong. In fact, I've, I've said a million times, and I'll say it a million more times, I have a feeling for this is done. Uh, the solution to misinformation is never censorship, it's debate. That, that's how you solve misinformation, and yet they seem to want no part of that solution. And that's so simple. That's such a simple yeah. concept. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think um, the simplicity of that concept um, is being overlooked Why they try and take something very complicated like medicine and biochemistry and and dumb it down to antibodies good. Um, and this is the frustration that I've, I've seen that's uh, most distressing to me is this, well, let's just dumb it down until the absurd sounds reasonable. But this requires you to ignore 90% of your world. Right. Um, and um, especially distressing since I'm as convinced as I can be that by the time this vaccine campaign is done and has wreaked all the havoc it's going to read, there are going to be more people die than Hitler killed in his concentration camps. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think have. what scares me is um, when our daughter got sick from her first set of shots, and then we learned from there on of all these other things that she has going on with her. Um, when I started looking back and researching on my own, because at the time, they're really... I didn't have anyone to talk to. This is 15 years ago. Yeah. 15, way 16, before everyone became an expert before, on COVID. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I was searching. And at that time, I was able to find JAMA reports, all this medical information that I wanted to see. And it's so hard to find those documents today. Um but I was searching and then I'm reading books and like, oh, so this trial back when you like the polio study, oh, so a handful of people died and immediately they pulled it off to, to see, well, wait a minute, we had some people die from this shot. Let's stop and let's figure it out. I think that's what I really can't wrap my head around with this whole shot is so many people are dying and so many people are having side effects and they're just not stopping to fix it. So what does that tell you? And I don't understand why they're why they're getting away with it and why they're allowed to even continue when there are so many problems happening. You know, um, you know, the answers to why they're getting away with it, I think, are deeply rooted in the malfunction of our government. Um, and I would tell anyone in the United States right now, look, um, if you don't like the system, look in the mirror and see where the problem is, because we have been neglectful citizens now for many decades. Right. Um Probably for over a hundred years now, it's been able you've been able to purchase the federal government. Um, yeah. And I'm a root cause doctor, so I get right to the root cause of these things as well. And it's like, guys, look, government was designed to take care of things that the market either won't do or won't do in a compassionate way for uh, the human population. Uh, but for it to do what it has to do, it has to be isolated from the market. This is like fundamental two plus two equals four stuff to me. Yes, um, exactly. To have a government that is financially purchasable, mm -hmm. um, 
you should only ask the question of when will this lead to a tyrannical harm to the population, not will it. It will eventually. Um, and I think it's time the American people stand up and say, look, um, this is ours to fix. I, don't, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody say to me, you know, I'm really disappointed in my doctor. He's not stepping up to, you know, to protect me. And I tell them, well, I think you have it backwards. Um, we're all responsible as citizens for letting a system develop that put this gun to your doctor's head. It is incompassionate of you to think he's going to save you. You're going to save him and then he'll save you. But I and think you just nailed it is so many people put their faith in a doctor the, and not themselves. They don't you know, advocate. I think I said this at the freedom rally and I, again, probably another million times, but the first question you have to ask is who is the boss in the doctor patient relationship? And if you come up with anything other than the patient, yeah. uh, you got the wrong answer. Um, and I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I have no brook for any compromise on that, nor can I see any reason uh, that the patient shouldn't ever be the boss absent a court order after a trial. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe I can see it then, but yep. uh a court order with the trial of the individual circumstances is to bear the, the minimum required before I will even consider anyone having the right to have any influence on a patient other than the right to advise and that patient have the right to deny the advice. You know, it's crazy because I really learned a lot about that when um, we, because with his career, we moved around and I would have to find new pediatricians. And I always made sure I went to a pediatrician who understood their place, where um, it wasn't about what it is you want. It's about what I'm going to tell you we're going to do and not, not going to do. And I've gone in prepared with papers to have them sign to say, okay, if you want me to have my daughter vaccinated, even though I know she can't, you're going to sign this paper that holds you liable because right now you're not liable. So you can sign this. Since I have to sign your documentation, you're going to sign this. And they look at me like I'm insane. Like, what are you talking about? I said, you're not liable for anything that happens to her. And then that's when they all of a sudden stop. And I'm like, we are, this is going to be a two-way conversation. You don't dictate and the CDC and the health department doesn't tell me what I'm going to do to her. So we can either be patients and work together or I'm happy to leave. Because I've always, I've always called them to make a consultation. An appointment. I'm making a consultation with you because I need to make sure we're on the same page. And I can't tell you how many times I've walked in to where when the nurse is like, are you going to vaccinate today? No. Ever. Well, you know, that's that's our policy. That's we, well, that we, we vaccinate. I said, you know what? I go, you're the nurse and I respect you for that. But I'll have this conversation with your boss. I'll have the conversation with your doctor, my doctor, not you. You know, um, I actually have uh, patients call me up and they ask my medical assistant and office manager slash wife, um, will Dr. Stock force us to have vaccines? And the response we ought to give them is, well, he's the hired help. Um, <laughs> this, this is, you, you've got this relationship backwards. He's going to give you advice. Just, you're, you're, you pay him for the advice, but you don't have to take it just because you pay to hear it. Right. <laughs> and I think maybe I'm comfortable speaking that way to them because I've worked in the medical field for so long that they, and you're confident with the research that you've done with the, which the masses in my opinion don't do right they they turn themselves over to yes. their doctor and they view their doctor as God and 
I, I'll make this comparison too. I found this out during this whole COVID situation, friends and family that I thought were God fearing, you know, people crumbled to their, their doctor because I believe now that some people look at Jesus as, you know, nothing different than Santa Claus and the tooth fairy because they can't physically sit down with a doctor or they can't physically sit down with them and converse. And I question their faith now where they turn everything over to their doctor because their doctor is a physical living, breathing human being that can converse with them. And um, it, it just really had me questioning a lot of the people that we know who just rolled up the sleeves and said, yes. And I'm like, really, you're going to, you're just going to hand it over to, or was it based on what the guy on the TV said? Is that as far as your research went? My guess is yes. Unlike this lady right here, who was because of her own allergies lifelong, and she had Gillian Barre when she was seven and flatlined twice. And we all know that the, the, uh, the shots can re-trigger that. So she was, she's been, educated on you know lifelong here and then comes our daughter 15 years ago and everything that we know is because of her research and um when when i was approached by my former employer to say uh hey you know to come back to work you're gonna have to inject this inject yourself with this foreign fluid man i was just presented with the, the sense of evil and it felt like what I would imagine Nazi Germany was all about. And that's where I put the brakes on, put my faith in God, walked away from a nice, healthy salary and a career that I loved. And here we are joining you in the fight to spread the truth. Yeah. Well, you know, um, <clears throat> maybe I'm just not a good enough doctor, but the idea of not having God on my side terrifies me. Um, you, you know what you call the doctor who knows everything, don't you? A liar. <laughs> <laughs> My vocabulary is going a little deeper into the, but I like yours. Yours is much more clean. Can I ask so, you? Um, I know I've seen you be attacked on like social media and stuff. Has your license been threatened? Have you personally been threatened and still dealing with all that kind of backlash from all this? Well, you know, we had probably about five or ten threatening calls that came in. Um, I didn't take any of them seriously because you could kind of tell from the tone of the voice that we think we can scare you off of this belief of yours. Mm -hmm. right. uh, there were 24 people who filed an attorney general complaint here in the state of Indiana against me. None of them were my patients. One of them wasn't even an Indiana resident. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, those complaints were all about Dan doesn't say the things I believe. And the attorney general just quashed all of them and uh, later issued a statement that said, look, if you file a complaint against a doctor in the state of Indiana because you used a drug off label or because he uh, said something you don't believe to be true uh, when you were not his patient, these will not be considered. Uh, these will be dismissed out of hand. Oh, wow. Good. Indiana Good. is very favorable in that regard. Uh, we're one of the, I think, probably the only state that has its medical board properly under control. Um, in Indiana, your medical board does not have the right to go do any action against a doctor on their own. They can only act when the attorney general says, we have a case here we believe is out of control and uh, you may now investigate it. And our attorney general has been very, very favorable here in Indiana and very vocal about the fact that he doesn't believe this narrative either um, and said, look, medical freedom is not going to be curtailed through my office. So 
doctors are allowed to say what they want. Now they may get fired by their hospital and probably right. will. I know right. some of them have. Um, but uh, if you're willing to give up taking insurance payment and federal programs uh, here in Indiana, you actually have a fairly protected, you know, they can be a pestrance that they send things into the attorney general, but they go nowhere. I'm happy to say. Where can the average person that's new to this and up until this, seeing this interview here, they thought it was all on the up and up and whatever. Where can they go to find the uh, the Pfizer data dump information? Where can they go to get the latest truthful information that the media is not pushing uh, or promoting? Um, and then I want to, after we get to that point, I want to look down the road and see what's uh, what's next for this this hurdle we know is COVID. So I'm a I'm a subscriber to the Epic Times myself. It's the one news source that I have faith in to be very unbiased and complete in their reporting. Uh, you can find most of this information on the Global COVID Summit website. And I will stress to people there's a difference between the Global COVID Summit and the COVID Global Summit that the CDC started to distract people after the Global oh. COVID Summit. Oh, <laughs> yes, I know. Global COVID, COVID Summit. Okay. Um, and also the FLCCC website, uh, which I believe is FLCCC.com. Um, also, the um, World Health Council, their website has much information on it. Um, and uh, these are all sources where you can go to get the complete data. Uh, where you're going to find out about the data that Pfizer and the CDC and FDA wanted to suppress for 75 years. And uh, uh, and also find out the difference between how this vaccine was researched and how every other, I, I can't even call it a vaccine. I, it's yeah. not a vaccine. By definition, that's correct. It is not a vaccine. Yeah, I know that the CDC changed the definition to try and make it fit. The, I mean, is that not a sign right there? Yeah, we're changing the definition of boys and girls. Pretty soon I'm going to be an antelope. Um, yeah, right. uh, oh, is that uh, how you identify? <laughs> yeah, yes, right. What's the um, pronoun? You know, it, uh, <laughs> um, under the definition of a vaccine that we have used for medicine until it was not expedient to use with these shots, right? Um, they can't be considered vaccines because they don't give immunity. Exactly. Um, and if you see how scientific method has been just trampled. Um, with this research, then it becomes very disturbing to you. Um, I, I, I will be surprised if fraud is not concluded in at least some degrees of this. Um, there has to be. I mean, I think there's just so much information that's irrefutable at this point. You know, that, that's so it's out there. It's public knowledge and public information. And you can just see mainstream media just pushing so hard this horrible agenda to try to suppress all the information coming out. And it's, it's, we're, this is a part of our lives from here on out. Uh, I know the media is focusing on other scare tactics um, for the big agenda that we're not going to get into right now because we're focusing on this, but um, the damage is done and it's with us for the, the rest of our lifetime anyway. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I honestly, I don't, I don't know that we can say we can't help the COVID vaccine injured. Um, we, we think we can make some inroads in some places and maybe there's a way to undo this. I have some theories. If you ask me, do I have them proven? The answer is, oh God, no. Um, when I sit down with vaccine injured people and they ask me if I can help them, I say, look, I'm, 
I want you to be in front with you. I'm going to take my best shot knowing the biochemistry and how I think you get around this. But baby, I'll make you better promises that I can cure your thyroid disease than I'm going to make you a promise on this. All right. I mean, do you think uh, there is something that can help these patients that have taken this shot? Um, That's not in the form of a blood thinner? Yeah, <laughs> I think it uh, depends on how much damage and what kind of damage you have done before we get you. If your heart is already, you know, uh, got 50% of its heart muscle destroyed, um, I don't know that we're going to ever make you back to normal. If you've already had um, damage to your brain and spinal cord from acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, I don't mm-hmm. know I can get you back to normal. We still have some hopes that we can stop the ongoing process so that it doesn't get worse. But even there, I tell people, um, we're this is a brave new world, guys. We've never tried to save anybody from anything that caused as much damage to irreplaceable tissue and immune system disruption as these uh, shots do. You have, um, have you ever told anybody, or has it, have they even asked you? Because I've I've told my like my own family. I'm like, you do you do realize that you are part of the experiment because there is. I would I would never say that if they had done so much you know all this research beforehand, but this really is human human trials, and this that's to me and that's what this is. This is disgusting. Do you, disgusting do you agree part. with that? Yes, in fact, I would go further to say that these are very, very, very badly conducted human trials. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the the scientific method has just been abandoned. It's not even fun to call it science like it. it no. um, because it's not, it's not naivete. I am convinced it's not naivete. Right. Uh, there's got to be some other influence because this is, this is not just, I didn't know this is, I am actively ignoring and working harder and harder to ignore every day. Uh, the evidence that comes out that says this was as bad as the evidence said it was going to be before we started. And I tell people the evidence all said this was going to go bad. And anybody who didn't have ignorance blinders on knew this was not a smart gamble. Yeah. So no, you're totally right. And I, I think that's what is, it makes me, I get, I get upset. And in the beginning I did. Now I just look at it as, well, you're just, I, you're just following the herd of what, of what they're saying to do. I, in the beginning I got upset because I've been reading so much for the past 15 years on, on just not even COVID stuff, all vaccinations, all of them. And because I had to, I had to educate myself when I went into the doctor's offices and have to justify and explain every time I go into a hospital or whatever with my daughter or a school or best, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, in the beginning, I was, my feelings were kind of hurt because like, I could have helped you. I could have given you information, like good information, but nobody, I believe nobody wanted to ask even me because I, I think they knew I wasn't going to give them the answers they wanted to say, oh, yes, get it. This is the best thing for you. You know, my response is always, you got to look more into it. Give it a year. At least give it a year to see what happens. Don't jump into this. Just give it at least one year. But they I, never I, did that. I attribute some of that also to uh, we as Americans being spoiled and lazy. Life has been so good in this country that we've been we become um, complacent and spoiled and lazy for all the wrong reasons. Um, exactly. We basically people have lied to us and it's been comfortable for us to accept the lie. Um, and the problem is, the more we said, OK, government, take care of me, even though you're bankrupting me as you do it, um, you know, there's the national debt. 
I don't know how it ever gets paid off. Uh, well, I mean, there's a way, but it's going to take major upheaval and there'll be great pain to get it done. Right. But I tell people, look, there's either a complete collapse of the financial system or there will be pain paid for what we have gotten to date. All right. The only question is, how do we limit that pain? But ladies and gentlemen, we've basically been drinking that we've been taking the heroin. All right. And, you know, heroin addicts are very good at ignoring what heroin is doing to them. Um, And we need to recognize before we're that dead heroin addict um, that, guys, our government has been harming us progressively more and more and more. And we have become addicted to their harm. Um, And we need to break that addiction now and start studying how do we do that? Because um, at the end of the day, this will kill more people than Hitler did in his concentration camps. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to be, we aren't going to know the two, true death toll of this for 10 years. Right. Because some of the mechanisms by which this thing injures will take a very long time to, to show up. How can people get in touch with you? Are you, do you only see patients physically in your office or do you do virtual appointments? Do you do phone con- I mean, consultations? What- I do virtual appointments. Um, I tell people I, I don't like to do one-off consultations. I'm a family doctor. I just like to cure right. things completely when I do it. So I like to have long-term relationship with patients. And I ask them, please don't come to me for a short-term relationship. Right. I don't really enjoy that. There are other doctors who will do that for you. The FLCCC is very good at this. Um, you know, they don't mean to do things exactly the way I do, but nobody's proven my ways better than theirs. So um, I tell people I, I, I want them to understand there's other resources. And then um, I do lecture with the Global COVID Summit Group. Um, I'll probably be appearing at AmpFest uh, later on this year. Um, I'm actually doing a lecture in Louisville on the 8th um, at, uh, with the Global COVID Summit Group. Um, and uh, we'll be available to speak with people after that as well. Uh, we're doing VIP dinners and, you know, the, the speakers of this group, I, I love this group because after we get through with our lectures, we actually hang around with the people in the audience and let them ask us questions. And awesome. We get to talk oh, with wow. us. And we, uh, so I you think- don't leave it all then, basically. You're probably lines <laughs> right. of people trying to ask you questions and how to help them. It's a long day. I bet. But- because right now, you know, mainstream media is so far into propaganda right now. It's really the, the way we have to. If we're going to have a country left after this, it is obligate on those of us who have already seen the other side, I think, to uh, accept that, look, this is going to happen from time to time. There's going to be a couple long days here. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to have to be. Uh, it's Dr. Dan Stock, medical doctor who practices functional family medicine in just outside of Indianapolis. Fishers. <laughs> Fishers, Indiana. <laughs> Um, I want you to run down those other uh, uh, sources oh, that he gave. Yeah, he said global global COVID summit, FLCC website, and World Health Council to get information. Look like up those sources, ladies and gentlemen, because it is painful to admit that you're wrong. It's painful. Uh, you know how upset I tell people all the time. You know how upset you get when you figure out how a simple card trick is done. This is a lot deeper than that. So go to these, go to these websites, go to these, uh, these other sources, read it thoroughly. It's okay if you're, you've been misguided. Uh, a lot of us were, uh, a lot of us are jumping on board a little late. That's okay. We're human beings. Don't fault yourself. Just educate yourself more and thank people like Dr. Dan here 
uh, for taking time out and, and educating us on what is just in terms of Bill Gates and but even that just Anthony Fauci and the crimes against humanity. I think people need to understand that doctors aren't speaking up for no reason. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Doctors are saying something for a reason. And doctors like you need to be pushed on, you know, front and center or people even like us who we've been, we've never had to speak up before. It's time to speak up. It's time to say when you know something is wrong. It's time to no longer be complacent. I'm not aiming that at you. I'm aiming at the American people. It's time because I know there's more of us on our side of the fence than there are on that side of the fence. We're just we're quieter. We're quieter about it. And, you know, I, I think not just speaking out, but figuring out what's going to make a difference here, because, yeah. um, you know, you, you have to you have to know how this gone got wrong to know how to fix it. Um, it, it people need I, I always tell you know, I did a lecture just recently where I asked people, hey, how many people here think COVID is handled scientifically and nobody raises their hand? I said, how many people think the problem is Biden senile, Fauci's a liar and that's the primary problem? And they all pull the wool over Mr. Trump's eyes. And everybody raises their hands. I tell them, no, I don't think that's the primary problem. Those are all true statements. Right. But I don't think they're the primary problem. The primary problem is that your legislature is for sale. And they hide from you when they've sold you out. And the first thing you need to know is how they're hiding it from you before you can even take care of the how are they selling me, you know, how have they sold me out? And how do I make them stop doing that? Um, and for years, we have rated Congress and our state legislatures very lowly in our faith in them while acting like they weren't really the problem. It's that darn president or that CDC director, instead of recognizing that our legislatures have been passing laws that made this possible. Um, in fact, I, I tell you about the Bayh-Dole Act of 1984. Are you guys familiar with that law at all? What was that? The Bayh-Dole Act of 1984. I don't think so. A change to patent law by the U.S. Congress that made it so the people at the NIH, FDA, and CDC could actually take federal tax dollars, pay for research, and whoever was paid to do the research, if that was led to something patentable, they could own the patent for their personal profit. Wow. That's right. And what I tell people, look, you realize that Dr. Fauci himself has over a thousand patents garnered through the Bayh-Dole Act, and has even told the Congress in, in his testimony, I don't have to tell you what all my patents are for and how much they're worth. Exactly. By the Dole Act, I'm allowed to keep that from you. Thousands of patents, but how many patients? Oh, that, that's Thank you. Problem. Thank you. That's well, the you average person doesn't know that, I don't think. I but think it's important for, for people to know that, you know, I, I would tell people they don't realize that the vast majority of the COVID mismanagement has been legal. And the yeah. reason it's oh, been yeah. legal, your legislature said it could be. Yeah. They sold you out passing ridiculous laws. After all, who didn't think that if you let the people in the CDC and the NIH get money invested in patent therapy, that their advice would be changed to benefit patent therapy? A little bit of grease. Exactly. Is, and I, I mean, think I, if anybody knew anything about how uh, the AZT back in the day with Dr. Fauci, if you even knew an inkling of how Fauci's been involved in so much of that, the minute I saw him on there, I'm like, oh, uh, uh, uh. like I don't trust him already because I know that doctor has invested, so much death associated. He with has him. invested interest in other things with NIAD and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't trust him. 
I don't trust a single word that comes out of his mouth during the whole AIDS pandemic and the AZT issue and all that kind of stuff. It's like, and you, know, and you could replace them with Mother Teresa and this system will eventually distort her because the laws that have been passed have been designed to corrupt humans. Right. Um, and until we get control of these legislatures, until we change the rules of these chambers so they can't do sham bills that they make us think, oh, we were almost going to pass it and then we let it die. Yeah. Um, but we all supported it and then we let it die until they can't hide this. If they, until they can quit shamming their votes, they are going to continue to pass laws that hurt America. And they'll do it with impunity because they're being paid to. And we will never get a ban on lobbying until we actually uncover how they are making it look like they're on our side when in fact they're not. Um, and you know, the, I think, you know, the majority of people in our state legislatures are mediocre. Um, they're very frightened of a system or accepting of a system that they don't know anything different than. And we're going to have to educate them that, no, look, as the hired help, we're going to make your job different now. Uh, you don't get to hide from this anymore. We get to yeah. see when you're when you propose a bill, what happens to it. Uh, most people don't know that when you elect a legislator, the first thing he does is go into legislature and he takes all the power you gave him and he hands it over to the speaker of the chamber. Hmm. Yes, we're learning that. Very, yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's like all this power you gave me, he just gives it right away immediately. Yeah. And then yeah. the lobbyists come in and buy that guy. Uh, and the next thing you know, you get the laws that the lobbyists want. Looks yep. like it's a democracy. Um, but in fact, that's not how things work. And then that leadership of that chamber actually makes it so that legislator can look like he was on your side. He can dodge the votes that would be any different. He can propose bills that are going to look like they're on your side, knowing they'll get killed uh, when yeah. he proposes them. And uh, this goes on and on. So people actually don't think their legislator is the problem when in fact he is. Right. Um, Dr. Dan, thank you so much for joining us again, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, another one of those interviews you want to forward to everybody you know. Uh, search the Freedom Ring on Rumble, BitChute, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Yahoo Podcasts. We're on all of them. Freedom Ring Show on TikTok. And uh, thank you so much. We look forward to talking, having you on again in the Freedom Ring, if you don't mind, in the future. Would you? I'd be flattered, very flattered. I'd love to go deeper into the uh, governmental malfunction and how we should go about fixing it, in my opinion. Maybe, oh, yeah, absolutely. If you want to have that conversation in the next couple of weeks, let's iron out our calendars and consider it done. Please call Elizabeth. You've got her number, right? Yes, yeah. definitely. Dr. Oh, Dan Stock, thank you so much and have a good rest of your day. Thank you, thank Thanks, you, guys. thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.